John, how you doing? Superb, Mathis. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. I'm really pumped about this episode. Me too. Should we, like, fist pump in the air? Yeah, ready? Uh, oh, I was already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just, like, count down now or just, like, delay and go for it? I mean, no, let's just do it. I just went for it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking? What? That I think since our first episode, we've never said our names again. And I feel like if people... Are you serious? I don't think so. What? I just said, hey, John, and you just said, I guess that's hey, true. <laughs> I, I guess to you're clarify, right. I'm the one named Mathis. I guess I was just thinking if people are like, "Hey, this is John and Mathis, and this is the Hello and a Do pod- Hello and a Do podcast." I feel like we right. do we need to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just did it. You're right. Wow. You just did it. We we rehearsed that take. You know. I mean, we we damn it. We recorded that rehearsal take. I tried to make a film joke and it didn't work. Whatever. Let's move on. Things are now uncomfortable, and I blame you. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine you over there like, I have no idea what he's talking about right now. He tried to make a joke, and I'm just like, like, hello? Hello? (laughs) Are you there? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, where do you want to start? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe should we preface? Oh, why don't we say, okay, thank you everyone for listening. I feel like we always say it at the end. Thank you. Mathis, thank you. Um, we always think of it at like one hour and 50 minutes into the podcast where probably no one gets to. So thank you all for listening. Um, yes. I don't, we, I mean, I don't know if it was three people listening, one person listening, or more. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time to listen because we appreciate you. And um, feel free to email us at H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. <laughs> Comments, questions, um, and yeah, Mathis, anything you want to add? Uh, I retweet everything John said, and I think it would be hilarious if we got like 20 emails this week because we put that up front, and people were like, oh my god, they have an email address. <laughs> like, I've been waiting. <laughs> and, no, and nobody nobody got to the end, so they just didn't know. Then we would know that literally no one makes it through our podcast. <laughs> it would be clear then, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. Well, yeah. Go for what it. What were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say, how did you feel after last week's? Because last week how was heavy. I I felt really good. Okay. <laughs> Somebody listened and told me. Um, it sounded like John stayed angry at you for a while, and I was like, <gasps> no, he he wasn't angry at me. He was just very heated. Oh, I feel <laughs> bad. Well, I did. No, I did no. want to say something. Oh, okay. go for it. I did, as I was editing the... I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, it is, it is an apology, so... Um, oh. As I was editing, I kept hearing myself being... Phrasing my statements, as in, like... I remember I said, like, why why don't you support them, like the transgender? And I kept using the word you, as in Mathis, but I didn't mean you, as in Mathis, when I was saying it. I meant, like, you, as in people that don't support that community and I just I I felt bad and I didn't want you to think that I was attacking you personally so wait are you are you grouping me in with those people like you're saying you and them or are you saying like me speaking from their perspective and you're saying why wouldn't those people like support them can you phrase that again I literally don't like were you 
were you not only saying me, were you saying me and others, or were you not saying me at all? Well, I mean, obviously you would be in that group just because that was the opinion. But I felt bad that I used the word you because I didn't, I didn't want you to feel attacked. You know what I mean? No, I didn't feel attacked. Okay, I just felt bad. <laughs> it's fine. Coming back to what my my friend said, I I was like, he's just very passionate about the issues, uh-huh. and the passion comes through on the issue, and it's against the issue, or for the issue, and it's not for me. Like, he's not aiming it at me. Yeah, I'm sorry I sounded so angry. I didn't think I did. No, I think you just, I don't think you sound like agitated. Maybe agitated, but not infuriated. Like, uh, you know, like sort of just lots of deep breaths, like that kind of agitated. Right. Not like everything you say is like, wow, he wants to beat his face through Matt, or not his face, what? <laughs> he wants to beat his fist through Mathis's face. Right never. Now. I could like, never I do that. I don't know. Never say never. Mathis, I could never do that. <laughs> a, what if, a, I'm not strong enough. <laughs> B, I'm not manly yeah. enough. I, I got a jaw like iron. You could never punch through this face. I don't know if I would use those words, but like. <laughs> mm. I actually probably have a glass jaw, but you know, I, if we're being real on this podcast, I've never been in a fight, so I can't tell you for sure. But I do feel like I would be like on the floor if anybody just clipped my chin a little bit. I'd just be like, boom. I would just play possum. And I'd be like, call an ambulance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm broken. I'm broken. <laughs> Okay. I've fallen in. I can't get up. Yeah, right. Okay, let's move on. I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Okay, so I don't know about what you saw this weekend, but I, or this past week, but I saw so much movie news. Yeah, there's a lot. I have, and I haven't said anything to you because nope. I was like, I just really want to get his opinion on that, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of just want to lead up to it. Like, I have a few at the very end that I feel like we should get to that I'm really excited about okay but um first things first finished house of cards season three. Oh, and i'm i'm not on the bandwagon for hating it actually like i think i think the way i watch tv because i can't watch a lot of episodes at once uh-huh. like i think it's one of those things where anything that would annoy me like it's sort of just like fizzled as i went into the next episode you know because it would be like a week to two weeks and then i'd watch another episode oh so i don't know if that's like like, oh, it was only better for me because I, you know, like, I forgot things, you know, so that made the show better, which it actually doesn't make the show better. Or if, like, it just played better, um, not watched all at once, which, I mean, isn't really a isn't really a compliment to the show because it's really good to watch a lot of it really fast for the first two seasons. Right. But, but I, you know, I, I actually did like it. Um, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> oh, okay. I couldn't remember yeah. if you enjoyed it or not. Yeah, there's there's some really um, there's some hate great stuff near the yeah there's some well I just there's some hate in the show uh, too and I just think that like the the end of the season is just like mm-hmm. really almost stomach churning at points. I was just like oh my goodness this yeah. is so so brutal. I really loved um, you'll remember that oh wait we've talked about it on here. Um, the episode when the, the monks or the Buddhists have, are... have we talked about that on here though? Uh, I see, honestly can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. And I've had this conversation with other people. I have So too. that's why it's kind Me of, too. yeah, I don't think we um, have, I think it's, 
Okay. Well, for anybody who hasn't watched, oh, anybody who has have. watched knows totally which episode we're talking about. But um, anybody who hasn't watched, um, John, you should sum it up because you, you're pretty good at just getting down to the the meat of that whole activity. Like, the way you say it is so elegant, and I think you should just... That's a lot of pressure, because I feel like how I say it is not elegant at all. Um, I, but, I always love when you talk but about But I it. can surely try. Okay, so, in an episode of House of Cards, they're in, I don't, it doesn't matter where they are, but there's these monks, yeah. and they're doing what is called sand paintings. At least I think that's what it's called. Um, if you Google it, you'll be able to see, like, how intricate these things are. And so what they do is that for one whole month, these monks um, take kind of like these pen-like things, and they tap out different colored sands. Um, probably, I'm trying to think how big of a table it is. It's probably like a five-by-five, six-by-six-foot table. Yeah. Um, and they probably have maybe seven or eight different colors of sands. And for the whole month, they just tap out these sands to make this really intricate design or painting with sand. Um, and, you know, it kind of almost looks like uh, a maze or um, a labyrinth of sorts. Yeah. At least all the ones I've seen, it definitely looks very labyrinth-like. Like, very intricate. I feel like I've said intricate 11 times, and I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, that's the only word for it. Like, it's, right. it's so complex. Um, and so then, at the end of the 30 days, they – I'm not sure if they do, like, a prayer or some type of – but they do some a kind ceremony. Of yeah, or a ritual. Yeah. And what they do is they just brush it away as if it – you know, that's all they do. They just brush it away like it never happened. And I find that process so beautiful. Um, and I'm sorry if we did talk about this on the podcast. Um, but I like it because for a while I had a really hard time with the idea that there isn't an, um, life after death. And that visual of, or maybe metaphor is a better word, um, of the idea that, yes, there, this intricate complex painting took so long to make and put was put there was so much effort put into it by so many different people and yet at the end it just gets wiped away clean really made me feel a lot more peace about the idea that maybe life does end after um and that there is no afterlife um because it doesn't make the painting less beautiful it doesn't make the process mm -hmm. less um I don't really know the word for it, but it's still, it was still an incredible experience. And, um, see, that's why I'm not elegant with my words. <laughs> Cause I don't, I, I, I still think you said it in a much more like romantic way than I would have. And I okay. wanted it to sound romantic. So that's why I was like, John should say it. Okay. I hope it came across. Cause I, don't... I, I totally agree with you. I think that that is like one of the most powerful images for, yeah. And being present, and when people totally. are when people are very like forward thinking, like forward thinking to the extent of like, well, at least we'll be in heaven one day. Like that image always pops in my yes. head, and I'm like, but but it's beautiful now. Like it's it really is a great thing right now to be alive. And honestly, what a slap in the face to to creation. Yeah, yeah. to to, <laughs> to your everything. life now, and yeah, if you believe yeah. in God, to the God that created you to only be focused on the end of this life and what comes after. Like it's such a slap in the face. Um, yeah. And that's sort of a way to, that's a way to treat, um, 
that's a way to already be living in a purgatory almost, you know? Totally. It's like And that's why like, okay, well we'll get through we'll get through the next hundred years and then we did it. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that's not it at all. No. Um and I mean the idea of temporary alone I think is really beautiful as well, you know. Just Yeah. Things things come and go. Like there is an end to everything. And except except um our souls, apparently, you know, if you believe that. Um, but when you start thinking about it that way, it's almost like you were saying about getting peace about there not being anything mm-hmm. after this life. It's like, well, everything, everything else comes to an end. So, right. you know, you should, you should be comfortable thinking about the temporary as also being a good thing, a beautiful thing, like a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's, it's very much a, a present of being in the present moment ceremony and it's about the journey. Yeah. And so that's why I like it. And I'm actually glad you brought it up. So, cause I had forgot that that was a thing. Yeah. In the show. Well, it's, it's awesome to watch it happen in the show, but they fully put it in there for aesthetics. Like, yeah. There's so many things in house of cards where it's like, Oh, you know, it'd be like a sick sequence, but like it has no reason to be here except people will watch it and go, Oh my God. Like, that is one of those things that they put in there. Right. Just, it's just cool. Totes. And it sort of goes with the the theme of that episode. Like, this is the episode <laughs> when, um, like, the episode starts with, why are you laughing? Because this is, no, 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 don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. This is, this is the episode when, at the beginning, Frank and Claire are, like, in, re- in a really bad place. Uh-huh. Like, but it's cutting back and forth between present time and future time. And the way that they're showing the future time, it is um, – you can't tell if it's good. Like you can't tell if they figured out their issues. Like it's very ambiguous. Um, and you're sort of watching them work to – at the end of the episode where they keep intercutting it with. Um, and as far as the the sand paintings relating to it, it's sort of like – you watch Claire and Frank sort of become devastated as they wipe away the sand painting. Mm -hmm. And then they think about like, wow, we really need to get our shit figured out. Like we need to figure our lives out because it's not worth having everything, uh, completely destroyed and fallen apart right now. Like, uh, bad things happen. Things fell apart. Let's get it back together. And it, it, it might be the best episode of the season. Like it's super good. The one thing with the sand paintings that I, I didn't like, um, in the episode was that they took a picture for Frank and Claire. Yeah. And, and then, so Frank shows back up in the white house and he's like, where's the sand painting? And they're like, they cleaned it off and he's devastated. He's like, it's gone. And then they're like, here, they took a picture for you. Uh And then he gifts it to Claire. And then Claire comes back and she's like, oh my God, it's gone. And then she goes up to her bedroom and she sees the, the picture of the sand painting sitting on her bed and, you know, like Frank leaves her a note, like, let's not stay angry. Let's figure our problems out. Like it's something like that. And I was like, Oh, I wish you would have just stuck that knife a little bit deeper on them and said like, no, there is no painting. And I don't know. Yeah. But I I see why they kept it. Like, it's not just about, like, giving the characters a little bit of gratitude, but it is sort of like a device that uh, they refer to in later episodes. Like, you see Claire grab 
that photo in a certain emotional moment and Frank gets to be able to gift it as like a, a redemptive action at the end of the episode. So it's like, there's reasons for it to exist, but yeah. I mean, even when you said what, um, what Frank said about like, where'd it go? I immediately thought of like, if we don't live life presently, that's what we're going to feel at the end of life. We're going to be like, exactly. Oh. Yeah. So that, that was the best part of what you just said. I was like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought like, that I like. Did you hear me go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like. And then I kept thinking uh, I just about have that. To get my, I just have to get my thought out really quick, and then you can jump in. Was, and then you like didn't actually. I was like, like slayed on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I about passed out. Just uh-huh. that was so powerful. <laughs> okay, I think we need to move on from House of Cards. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. Uh oh, did you see Ten Cloverfield Lane? Yes, I saw it yesterday. Oh my word, yep. right? Like, tell me you loved it. I did love it. Um, how much do we want to get into it? Because if people haven't seen it... Right, let's be, let's be spoiler a little free. broad about it. Okay. Yeah, my, exactly. My favorite thing was how unpredictable it was. I feel like Absolutely. in most movies, you know what's going to happen. But in this one, like, especially with John Goodman's character, it's like, you think he's crazy. And then you're like, wait, maybe he's not crazy. And then you're like, wait, that, yes. no, he's crazy. Like it, it's like yes, such. But... Uh, you don't know who is right, and you don't know. Mm-hmm. You literally just don't know what's happening, which is totally Cloverfield, and I love that about Cloverfield. That's why I love the first one. Um, we both love the first one. Uh, yeah. To the listeners, like we were both pumped. I think we talked about this, but like we were both pumped about um, this release, like this sequel, because we were both super in love with the first yeah. movie, and and this is a spiritual sequel because of what you just said. Totally. Like, it is the entire energy of the first Cloverfield. Yeah. And I'm so intrigued by how they're setting it up for more and kind of, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to connect it to the first one and it's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, I don't know if it's the same world, honestly. I think, well, like, I guess that's an interesting thought. Like, um, it sounds like they, they, connected them just vaguely enough that you could watch it and think either thing. Like, I honestly think they did that on purpose. And Well, and it is set almost seven years later. Um, exactly. So, I mean, like, it could, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, spoil things, so. Right, yeah. I personally but think I it's think in that... the same world, and I think it's just adding on to the first thing, that first monster that came to New York in the first one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's a next stage to that almost. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought for a little while. I was like, maybe that's how it's connected. Now I'm more on the side of like, these, these are like the twilight zone, which is JJ Abrams favorite show. Yeah. He wants to like keep making, he wants to like create a franchise of like episodic. um, Oh, I could totally get into that. Right, yes. yeah. So, like, the third movie has nothing to do with one or two. Almost and like, it's just like Black Mirror, the show. How everything's... Very, it's very episodic like that. Right. Isn't that the way that American Horror Story is, too? Like, the, it just changes the season. season to season? Yeah, but then... Oh, every episode of Black Mirror is like that? I, from what I understand, I've seen a few, and each oh, each that's... episode is a completely different story. <laughs> that's really with cool. Not, I, not even I the same characters. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't... I don't know. I think if it didn't happen, it would take a little bit of the mystery and fun out of Cloverfield if they kind of made it into a franchise. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be well, it wouldn't be Cloverfield. It would be a franchise. 
Yeah, it's it's true, but I think because they're trying to keep it all vaguely disconnected, it will still have like that sort of yeah the um, part that we like. Yeah, the it'll mystery. still have that magic. Yeah, and it's totally. so it's so ambiguous. Like you were saying, like you don't know who to trust or like no or like what you don't the... know what's real exactly. And it's, I was like, is this all so set up? Well yeah, exactly. And the and they keep showing you things, and then you're like. Yeah, but what if that's a setup? Yeah. And then they show you something else, and you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know at all. And then it gets the barrel out, and I'm like, girl, I know what that barrel is for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I I don't want to talk too much about that scene. Oh. But I gasped. I was like... <gasps> right. Right. And that's that scene... It's so perfect. I don't perfect. think this is going to spoil too much for anybody, but it, like... um, it's It's the essence of the whole movie. It's like... Show them this, mm-hmm. and then do this. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, and it totally takes you by surprise because it's the movie. You cannot expect this movie. You know, like you no. can't place it. Um, what was what was the one thing I was gonna say about it? The oh, the other thing I really liked about it was that it it does get better the more that you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. I remember coming out of theater, I was like, that was good, and then like a day would pass, and I was like, that was really good, and now I'm just like. That was a really great movie. It like, totally is, yeah. It's so it's, it's fun so too. Tight, I mean, and it's exactly and it's fun. Every sequence. It's has a roller conflict. coaster. Yeah. Which like, fun segue? The the girl in it, Mary Winstead or whatever her name is. Uh huh. She's in Final Destination three, and that's the one where it's, they're on the roller coaster. <laughs> I did not realize that was her. Yeah, that's all I could think of. Pretty much for the first half hour, I was like, it's Final Destination three. I actually thought of. Um, um, Scott Pilgrim, because she plays right. Beatrice, you know, with the pink hair, and S- Scott Pilgrim. So I was like, it's not Beatrice, just like... It's not her. It's not let her. Let it go. It's not her. Let it go. Actually, I don't know if her name's Beatrice. If you're a Scott Pilgrim fan and you're listening to this and I said the wrong person, I'm sorry. That's so awkward. You're going to get hate mail? Uh, it'll be exciting to get hate mail, though. Wouldn't it? Okay, let's move <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah, we got uh, people, go see 10 Cloverfield Lane if you haven't it's, seen it it's yet. It's so much fun, guys. Okay. Okay. Um, I went, so your turn. Oh, okay. I wasn't prepared. Um, let me get my. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, oh, one thing. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Okay, one thing. About I do... Cloverfield. No, it's not. But one thing I do want to talk about is the uh, an X Men trailer came out. Oh, I forgot about Here's that. The thing. I actually tried to forget about it. I know. Thank and, you for bringing that back up. Well, I just want to say one thing about it. I love X-Men, and I really want to be excited for it, but mm-hmm. there is so many effects in it that I just... It's taking me out of the whole experience. Right. Like, it it's looks, a video game. It literally looks so fake, and not that it matters, but I feel like we're in an age where practical effects are is almost becoming the standard. And I don't know why, like, we kind of did, like... Really? A, I think it, it's becoming the cool thing to do. And I think it makes the yeah. movie experience better. Um, at least for That's big true. budget things like that, for the franchises. They try to do something like that. I don't know. It's just, I think that and with Superman versus Batman, I feel like we need to do more practical effects. Because yeah. we have the technology and they have the money to do it. So, like, let's not be lazy about it. Well, you j- and the thing is, you just need to be creative in the way that you portray it. Because immediately when you say, like, okay, this is the apocalypse, like, the whole world's falling apart. And it's like, right, so your mind goes, 
that's a lot of CGI. But yes. you need to think about it in a totally different way. Right. Because there is there is a way to do that movie without like if if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch the trailer because it's there is so a way. Much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there is a way to do it that it doesn't look like that movie. And everyone I talk to is saying the exact same thing. It's like, I love X Men, but this movie, like what is happening? This is not right. It does not look good. Let's bring it back to X2, you know? Exactly. I mean, okay, gosh, that's a, a solid movie. Right. That's all I wanted to say about it, and now we can move oh, on. Oh, I got, I got one little quick note. Um, What happened to Mystique's skin? Like, it's so <laughs> purpley blue. Oh, like, is it? I didn't notice. It, it just looks like a a mark on the frame like it does not blend at all it looks like they found like every shot that she's in they were like okay now let's just pump the blue really hard you know like it just looks go back and watch it you'll see actually never mind don't go back and watch it. just forget about it <laughs> i'll and just try forget. to be hopeful about this movie i know <laughs> just go sit in a corner and pray that x-men does not end on a sword <laughs> um yeah i totally forgot about that so that's something else um Something super weird that happened. Did you see that the little prince? Yeah, I oh, saw that. So weird. I, maybe you should finish your sentence because I kind of cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, that's true. Good catch. Um, so the little prince was supposed to come out this weekend, and and it's uh, a week ago. It's an animation. Oh right. So stop if motion, you, right? Well, it's um, it's a mix between like Pixar and stop motion. Okay. So. In the real world, it looks like a Pixar film, but in in the storytelling and the flashbacks and in like one of the characters' um, uh, like tellings of his past, it's all like stop motion and it's like beautiful clay wooden pieces, like yeah. amazing character design. Like, and the trailer got me pumped for this movie because it just looked like. Um, it looks like one of those things where it's like adults were going to go in and be like, that's amazing, like beautiful and kids are going to have fun. Yeah. Um, so it's supposed to come out this weekend and, uh, about a week ago, Paramount, uh, what's the word for it? It just threw it. Like, it was like, we're not releasing it. Yeah. They a dropped week it yeah. before it came out. Yeah. They dropped it, which is crazy, like insane. Um, and this movie has been done for probably a year because it's already released it. internationally. You know, like it's it's played in theaters. It just hasn't been released by a U.S. distributor yet. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But let me tell you, I watched it, and um, I see why it wasn't released. Like, ooh, awkward. Yeah. Is it bad? Um, it's not bad, <laughs> but it. Kind of good, kind of bad. bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Um, no, it's um, it starts really strong and it just like slowly dwindles and like the third well, act. Is here's a mess. I feel. Is it? Yeah, like no, it, it's like all right, last mission. You know, like Luke's gonna go blow up the Death Star. Right. This is the moment. <laughs> it's time to go, and then it like takes a half hour, and you're like what is happening? Like you just left all the energy in the last scene. And now you're just like, you went full, like Terrence Malick meditative. Like Oof. it just, it goes like l- complete loss of drive. And when you finish it, I was like, you know, I watched it with my roommate and I was like, what audience is this movie for? Like I bet, yeah. kids, kids are going to check out, uh, 
film buffs are going to be like, uh, what just happened once it hits the third act. Uh huh. Um, the parents of kids are going to be like, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, it, it's crazy that it took Paramount this long to pull it. Right. You know? But I don't know. Well, it's just really sad because it is it is gorgeous. Just like it's you see in the trailer, the whole movie looks amazing. Yeah, I saw it's going straight to Netflix. So at least it's going to be on Netflix. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh response, you know, reception it gets from there because I feel like kids are going to watch the first 5 minutes and be like gone. Mhm. And and if a kid doesn't like it, I don't know who else is going to watch it. Like a few film buffs maybe who are interested. And uh, you know, obviously because the film was pulled by Paramount, I you know, I watched it. You know, so things like that do bring on a little bit of an audience, but I think everybody is going to watch it and go, oh, <laughs> I, or, or they'll watch the first hour and be like, yeah, I think I've seen enough. I know why this movie was pulled. Uh, that's bad. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Anyways, I thought that was insane, and I just wanted to, like, bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, your turn. All right. I'm going to bring a big one. Here we go. Han Solo shortlist. Oh my god, I didn't I totally forgot about that. Wow. How did I forget about that? I have no idea. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, so well, go ahead. Well, in these new Star Wars movies, you know, there's the episode seven, eight, nine, there's Rogue One, and then there's another um kind of what would you call it? Spin off? Yeah, um, so there's two series for Star Wars now going from here on out. There's the saga, and then there's the anthology. And the anthology is anything that is not in the trilogy set. Those are saga films. So, so of course, like Awakens Rogue One. is a saga film. Yeah, and then Rogue One, the next Star Wars film, is a spinoff. So it's an anthology, a Star mm-hmm. Wars anthology. Go ahead. Uh, um, so they've been trying to cast for the Han Solo standalone movie. And they're down to three, and I'm not that impressed with the three. Uh, remind me again who they are. So the one is Jack Raynor. What Raynor? He's in the newest Transformers. He's the boyfriend of the. Oh, that's right. Of Mark Wahlberg's daughter. What else has he been in? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> who else? Um, there is Alden N. Erenrick, and he's in Hail Caesar. God bless you. Um, thank you. Um, he he <laughs> was just in Hail Caesar. He's the one. Uh, he's the one you didn't recognize in the trailer. That's him. Um, <laughs> and then, I don't. Who is that guy? And then there's Taron Edgerton, who I like a lot. He's the one in Kingsman, and he was just in that one movie with Hugh Jackman about the skier. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an underwhelming list, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would rather have Taron out of all those, just because the other two I don't understand. Yeah. <sighs> um, I thought, can I go? Oh, yeah. I thought you didn't have anything to say. So I was like, oh, this topic I, went great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was really trying to be polite and let you speak. Oh, thank um, you. Because I just have a lot of, I mean, it's not passionate feelings, but I really don't want this movie to happen, like, at all. No. Because 
Han, a, a lot of the beauty of Han Solo mm-hmm. is his ambiguity in the Star Wars world. Like, he just shows up and he kills somebody, and you're like, who the hell is this guy? Like, he's just kicking butt, taking names, and he's got a ship, and he's saving the hero? Like, this guy's awesome. And, right. and you know, to show a backstory is, like, I think the the greatest disservice that you can do I to agree. the character. I agree. Because it's it's like... Oh, here's why he's such a badass, you know, like, or here's why he's heartless or here's why. And it's like, I don't want to know. Like, I, right. I love what I don't know about Han Solo. Um, so when I saw the shortlist, I was like, well, I mean, I guess I don't care that much because I'm not going to like the movie anyways. <laughs> and it's almost like it could be a good movie and I'll still be like, well, I'm still kind of bummed that that you made it, even if it's a good movie. Right. And what really sucks is that Christopher Miller and Phil Lord are, um, I think, writing and directing, or maybe they're just writing. Uh-huh. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, they did 21 and 22 Jump Street. They did the Lego movie. They did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Like, they're very, very competent writers and directors. They do comedy well. They do action well. So you know that this film is in competent hands, but it does nothing can take away from the fact that it should not exist. It's like I don't care how good this thing turns out, and I don't care. I don't care if it was the perfect actor, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like in the Marvel movies. I remember like a few years ago they had like a Nick Fury standalone movie, uh, you know, a Black yeah. Widow one, a Hulk one. It's like just because we yeah. can doesn't mean we should. And exactly. That's and that's what I feel like this is going to end up being, the Star Wars thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got another, I got another casting thing that I was going to say for the end, but it's just a perfect thing to springboard from here. Spring it on, brother. Harry Styles casted in the new Christopher Nolan film. I saw that. I'm kind of excited. Oh my god! Thank you, John. I was like, am I the only one excited about this? No, I... like, I think. I'm, we may be I'm the ex- only two, but you know. Oh, you know that's how you know we're good friends. I the know. only two people excited. I because I keep asking people about this, and they're like, "Yeah, why would he do that? It's Christopher Nolan." And I'm like, "This is the first like casting news that has been exciting in like two years, right? Like, n- nothing cool ever happens in casting. No, and, like, not often. And you you know what? I don't want to like sound. I don't want to sound like ahead of the curve at all." But every time that I have seen like Harry Styles, uh, like in a music video, I've thought like that dude knows how to like work the camera in a very nuanced and like subtle way and mysterious. You know? Yeah, he just he he knows how to like build a presence on camera, and I've always thought that, and I think that he's going to do really well in this movie. And I went and looked up who else is in it, and like Tom Hardy is the lead, and I'm like, see. That's the type of casting news that I expect. Of course, Tom Hardy's the lead, right. you know. Yep. But when it's like also starring Harry Styles, it's like, see, Nolan is still pulling pulling those wild cards. It's like Heath Ledger is the Joker. What? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles is, you know, Harry Styles is one of the co-stars in the next Christopher Nolan film, the biggest director of the day. Right. You know? And it's, I just, I'm glad you're excited. Yeah. Because I think that it's a really good choice. And. I hope I don't have to eat my words when this film comes out and he's right. like the weakest element. He, he wins all he just, the Razzies. <laughs> exactly. He just comes up on screen and he's like, there's been a bombing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Harry, please go away. Please go away. Harry, hide yourself. 
I'm, um, it's probably a topic for another time because we have so many things to talk about, but I love where this new Nolan film is going. Like, it's coming back down to earth. It's like a World War II action drama, and I'm like, yes, that's, you just need to, like, mm-hmm. consolidate your concepts and focus on your characters so much more, and I'm really hoping that it it shines through this film, and it's really strong. But anyways, I could literally go on about the problem with Nolan for for 10 minutes. So, I'm sure. Um, your turn. Wait. Oh, yeah, you did bring that one up. I was like, didn't I just bring one up? Yeah, um, the only one I have left is the fact that there's going to be another Indiana Jones. Oh, my God, John, I forgot about that, too. Mathis, what other stories could you possibly have? Oh, man, I got like I got like two more, too. Um, um, can we talk about how it's going to be 2019? Like, Harrison Ford, I hope you can walk in 2019. I know, that's it's it's something. Oh, I guess what you didn't say was um, Spielberg and Harrison Ford are back. Like, they're both confirmed for it. I wonder if Shia LaBeouf's going to be in it again. We can only hope. I don't know if that was sarcasm. I like to be mysterious. <laughs> we'll never know. There's no way he will. He got so much, like, fan hate, like, just straight-up hatred, that I'm sure Spielberg will be like, well, um, he uh, he died. <laughs> like, he'll just write him into the screenplay in some sort of, like, he went to college. Um, he died. <laughs> he's on another mission. He's, you know, like, I think he's going to take him away in some way. I don't know if you knew this or not, but did you... Did you know that Harrison Ford agreed to do another Star Wars film under the circumstances that he would be in another Indiana Jones film? No. Yeah, so that was a part of his contract. It was oh, like, I will I'm be surprised. Han Solo again if I get to be Indiana Jones again. He likes Indiana Jones a lot more than Han Solo. Oh. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. Um, I had a th- I, I am predicting now that Sean Connery is going to make a cameo in the next one. Just saying. This is really awkward for you because Sean Connery is dead at the beginning of the fourth one. <laughs> I think he's going to be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walk that one back a little bit. <laughs> Are you sure he's dead? Yeah, because it's like, oh, my father passed away, and they show that like photo of him on like the desk, and his buddy's like... He's making a cameo. Are you missing your father? No, he's making a cameo. Like They're never dead. No one's ever dead. As much as that is true, it's also kind of far-fetched because Sean Connery retired like 10 years ago, and he hasn't been in anything that, since. Th- that's why I was predicting it as being like this, wow, he's back. Oh, right. L- well, let's talk about how, like, if that does happen, like, I will give you so much props. <sighs> like, Thank you. You'll be the king of the world for like an hour. Okay. I, at first, I thought you were going to say Sean Connery died in real life, and I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> that I would have been a lot more solemn. I wouldn't have been like, this is going to be awkward for you. I would have been like, John, um, Wait Mr. A... Connery isn't with us anymore. Mr. Connery. I would have been solemn. <laughs> um, okay, why don't you do your next two, like, kind of quick. Okay, um, two two other trailers oh. that... Uh, I'm actually pumped for uh-huh. uh, the Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Children oh, trailer came out. Yes, we can and take time. I, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I I'm think so it looks, pumped. That looks. I, it, 
it has um it kind of has a Harry Potter feel to it, you know, uh-huh. like and X Child's. Uh, yes, yes. Um, and it has that like it's just very um light, but also I I don't know like weird and just a really fun world, and I don't know like I was digging it a lot. Yeah. And um, Tim Burton is the first director that I actually fell in love with. Um. So every time that he releases a trailer and it actually looks good, I'm like, that looks like the best movie ever, you know? <laughs> like, oh, oh, another good one. He made a good one again, which is now, you know, it's now like bad, good, bad, good. With right. His career. Actually, actually, Big Eyes I like the Big last Eyes. film. You know, I didn't see it. Hmm. I need to, because it, it actually does look really good. Yeah. Maybe he's just in a new area, you know? Like, right. He's just, you know, maybe living he, life. It's like Spielberg, you know? Like, all Ooh. of my films are like this now. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's not a compliment, but you you understand the <laughs> I do. You understand the concept. I do. But yeah, pumped for that. Um and then I think just today the trailer for Mr. Wright came out and Mr. Wright is uh written by Max Landis, uh who wrote Chronicle, American Ultra, Victor Frankenstein. He wrote the um Superman comic book series that I'm super into um, that's coming out right now. And he helped write the new Power Rangers uh, screenplay. He helped write the new Power Rangers. That's right. <laughs> Thank God he did. <laughs> but um, Thank God. Um, but yeah, what did you think of that trailer? Um, you know, I think it's going to be funny. I don't know. Okay. I think if you wouldn't have told me that it was just like American Ultra, I probably wouldn't have thought of it. Um, mm. But... It does feel a lot like his last movie, American Ultra, if you guys didn't see it. Um, but, and I... <sighs> I think it looks really fun. I do, too. It might be... He might be looking like a one-trick pony right now. Yeah, that's um, what I'm worried about. But the other thing could be that the only thing studios are buying that he's writing are these types of movies, you know? Oh, I bet you're right, honestly. Yeah, because he has he's written so many movies, and you know he has now written American Ultra like seventy times. Right, there's no way. No, so I feel like that's a great point. It's pro- yeah, that's what I feel people like want. People are exactly, and it's, and I bet if you watched Victor Frankenstein, I bet it's so similar. Right, I mean, and Anna Kendrick's in it, and she's playing Anna Kendrick. Like, she is, yeah, the entire time, which is great, but. And um, Sam Rockwell's also in it, and he is just always great on screen, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. So much charisma, and he's a hitman in this movie, and I think he's just he's just going to have a ton of fun with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how it turns out. I'm going to try not to think about American Ultra while I watch it, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, so those were the two trailers. Oh, last bit of movie news. And I know you're pumped about this one. What is it? Princess Diaries. <gasps> yes. Yes. You see, I yes. tweeted about it. Yeah, so I know you're excited about it. I think. <laughs> I actually think it's been the perfect amount of time. I do for this too. Movie. That that's what I thought too. And the first one was so good. I mean, granted, yeah. granted, I was like ten when it came out, but I. But you loved it. I did, and honestly, did the second one is very forgettable. Like I don't even really remember it, but. Mm-hmm. I think, and I believe, that this third one could be, like, the best thing since. The first one? <laughs> exactly. How did you know I was going to say that? Especially um, if Anne Hathaway's on board. It's like, come on. 
Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I, if if anybody else was in the movie and it was like it's her daughter or something ridiculous it's like, like hell that, no, I would be like, okay, all of my hype just went like out the window. Yeah, like I will boycott your movie. That's that's extreme. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but but I would I would be very uninterested, you know. Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews are the reason why everyone's showing up. So I just I assume did did Anne Hathaway actually come on? I think so. Like, okay. Good. That's um, that's what I remember reading. You know, the first one feels like a '90s movie. Like I want to say it was 2000. But um, it it feels like a '90s movie that came late. You know what I mean? Because it kind of has sure. that like clueless feel to it, sort of. You know? I never saw Clueless. Yeah, me neither. Oh, but I've seen clips. <laughs> <laughs> it just—I don't know. It just there's a lot of movies in the '90s that, that I can't think of any right now, but they feel like. Princess Diaries. Yeah. So I think that if the third one felt like that, it would sort of feel like a, you know, like a sort of like a, a subgenre that we don't have anymore. Like true. I don't know. Um, what do you think it's going to be about? Just quick speculation off the top of your head. Probably. I bet her daughter will be involved or something. And it's some child. I feel like that's what it always is. Yeah. It's almost like, it's like uh, it's kind of like clickbait, you know, because it would be like three generations, and that would be the comedy, you know. Right. Like now she's a grandmother. Well, no, she is a grandmother. So now she's a great grandmother. Julie Andrews is. Yes, and she. And then she's, you know, she's like trying to figure out that role. Her child's probably a tomboy, and she has to teach her to be a princess. Oh man, the the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, well, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> That's exact. I was just thinking, as like as we keep talking about it, the less excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we literally just talked ourselves out of the bus. I know. That's weird. <laughs> well, we're both here for each other. I know. If this movie sucks, apparently. We'll have to cry into each other's shoulders. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have words on the podcast if it's bad. Yeah, kind of good, kind of bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> It's bad. It's bad. Okay. All right. The what? What is our runtime? I don't even want to look. But there was just so much. Like Ugh. I just had to get that all out of my system. <laughs> it was. Just it was, so a, it was a lot. I hope people stayed with us because it was fun. It was. That was a lot of fun to talk about. I mean, I, the, I hope that people were listening. Like all this happened this week. I know this is like <laughs> all we talk about. So. So, so, <laughs> exactly. so sorry, people. Um. Let's do the emails. Yeah. Uh, which email should we start with? I feel like we should start with... Um, <laughs> I don't know whether to call him Jerry or Dad. Here's I, I don't think we should, just because it's more movies. And I feel like we need to oh, get away from it and then come good back. point. See, my thinking was like, I think we should get all the movie stuff out of the way and then go into the other stuff. But which I think I you're do, right. I, which I do understand, but... I understand your point, and I fully disagree with it. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> okay, you're right. Actually, I'm I'm on your side. Okay. Um. So I'll read my father's email, so okay. you can read this one. Okay. So uh, the first one is from my brother-in-law and my sister, actually. Um. Wow, it's just a family email kind of week. It just is, cause, cause we need friends. Um, <laughs> Did we pay these people to email us? Maybe. Anyways, so um, my brother-in-law asked, 
since there have been no politically based questions in parentheses that I've heard <laughs> asked on your podcast, here's one to start with. Assuming Hillary and the Donald each win their respective party nominations, who do each of you think should and will win the presidency? Wow. You know, it was only a matter of time before somebody asked right. because it's the talk of the nation. It, to it totally is. And I, I mean, I, I actually like that question. So, Cause, <laughs> no, no, cause it, it's not, a valid it question. So negative. I know it, it it, yeah, it's a valid question right now because Donald Trump is winning all of these primaries. He is, yeah. And so is Hillary. So th this could very well be the two people that we uh, have to vote for. Right, and it kind of um, it kind of is a runaway uh, election for both of them because like right. every now and then Bernie will win a state and then yeah. Hillary just clobbers him in the other states and like every now and then Ted Cruz or like an outsider will win a state and then. You know, Donald Trump just clobbers them and, like, wins everything. And it's like, oh, yep. Like, it's quickly funneling down to these two. What's really funny, though – actually, it's not funny because it's politics. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, they're both on, like, this really shaky foundation of, like, rising to the top. Yeah. Because, you know, Hillary could very well be indicted by the FBI for her activities – which would quickly like remove her. I don't think it will happen. No. Um, and then Donald Trump, like the establishment, is fighting him so hard that when it comes to having a nomination from the Republican Party, they might not like pick him because as much as his numbers are rising, it's like, well, um, we have not, you know, we haven't decided yet. Like we have not. Um, how do they say it? Like put a name on the ballot or whatever they. However they say it, I'm not sure. But if like uh, if by the time the convention comes for the Republican Party and they don't have a nomination, it will really shake things up. It will become anybody's game because the entire Republican Party doesn't uh, want that. But the same as I don't think Hillary will be indicted, I don't think that's going to happen to Trump. Right. Like I think the Republican Party is too afraid of losing that they'll let someone mm -hmm. as – as ridiculous as this man is, um, he's psychotic. Become their nominee, he very much is. And um, what's scary is like we really don't know what he will be like as president because he, everything he says he he backs up. Like he, it's literally so he, like, scary. Backs up and goes the other direction, and he'll do it in the same interview. Like right. he will say something take it back, go the other direction, and then he'll say something else and take it back. And he'll – you know, like he could have a presidential debate by himself because he's on both sides of every issue. It's so scary to me. And the fact that so many people are still voting for him really is disconcerting to me. Like who is – like yeah. literally everyone I talk to is saying he's a lunatic. So who is voting for him? Obviously, I went you know to everyone in America and I asked them personally. <laughs> and we have the numbers for you now. What's I mean, that's actually the same thing um, with Hillary for me. Like, I don't think I know anybody voting for Hillary. Oh, really? Out of all my friend circles. Yeah. Like, at this point in the process, I don't know anybody that supports Hillary. Like, I haven't asked every person I know, but anybody that I talk to about politics, and it does come up a lot because, like I was saying before, this is the talk of the nation. Yeah. That no one is no one is in support of Hillary. And I'm like, who's voting for her? 
Like, I'm very confused. So, and then no one I know is supporting Trump. And I'm like, who is voting for this guy? See, that that just gave me a conspiracy theory idea that really no one's voting for these people. But somehow they're still getting votes. Conspiracy. Who's stuffing <laughs> these ballots for prom queen and king? Who is doing it? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Donald for prom queen. Here we go. You know he's stuffing those ballots. Anyways, so. Uh, FYI, John is a huge conspiracy theorist. Like I just love him. And not not to the point that he like wholeheartedly <laughs> believes them, but when he hears one, his little his little uh, ticker turns on in his head, and he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> Did we talk about this last time? I feel like. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I just know you. Because I, I, I was talking about this with someone. I was like, if someone says a cons- conspiracy theory, I'm the first one to be like, that's true. <laughs> Oh, no, we did talk about that. We definitely <laughs> talked about that. You're the first person to, like, turn your attention to it. Like, if they were on the other side of the room and you heard it, your head would cock, like, fully 90 degrees and be like, oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> that's so true. So it's not surprising that you're like, Donald Trump is stuffing the ballot box for Halloween. <laughs> like, of course you think that. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, maybe we should answer the question. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, who do I think will win? I th- well, who do you I'm, who do you think should win, and who is there a difference? Uh, who? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. Um, who do I think should Who do I think should win? Yeah. I don't think that either of these people should win. Not, I, not the question. I no, I'm I refuse. <laughs> I don't think either of these people should be the president of the United States. Like, I feel exactly the same about. That's why he asked the question, them. though. Jaffe. So wait. So you're saying that like, I have to pick a candidate? Yes. Okay. I will pick a candidate, but I want to disclose before I say my candidate. Mathis. That if it does, if it does, <laughs> shut up, John. Let me get my point. It's politics. I have to get. My point. Say oh my goodness. Anything. Uh-huh. Um. Um, see, maybe lose track of my mind. I would have already have said it, and then we wouldn't even have stopped. Okay, so full disclosure, disclaimer, whatever, before I say this, if it does come down to Hillary and Donald Trump, I'm not going to vote for this election. Um, but since your question does make it so that I have to vote, uh-huh. I would vote for Donald Trump, and I hate to say that, but I really, really don't trust Hillary Clinton, and I don't trust Donald Trump either, but I think that he has America's interests a little more at heart. Well, I feel terrible saying this, but I, I think well, well, I think <laughs> I think he has Donald Trump's interests at heart. He could care. He does, and he's an American. He could you not know, care less about anyone. Yeah, he's super egotistic, but I really Mathis, don't he doesn't think care about Hillary anyone. cares about anybody either. I think. I think she cares more for people she, than Donald does. Nothing nothing about her says that. Like, in the sense that Donald Trump is a liar, Hillary is a liar. Like, I think when she's like, well, sure, I am but... here for you, I'm fighting for you, I'm always like, no, you are just, you are so thirsty for that power. Like, I just see it in her face, and I'm like, you scared the shit out of me. And he scares me too, because he's unpredictable, and because he's just like a cry, I mean, he's a crybaby though, like, he's not scary in the same sense that she is like she just seems slightly evil to me um i don't want to talk about this anymore i already told you i would vote 
for Donald Trump, and obviously you would vote for Hillary, but go ahead, give yours. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> um, I, just, I don't like her. And I, I you, you're the one who put me at an ultimatum. No, so. my brother-in-law did, so we can blame him. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. <gasps> Jonathan. Um, here's the thing. <sighs> how do we, how do we go about this? Um, well, oh, okay. I hate both of these people, people. Okay. I just, yeah. I want everyone to know listening. I hate both of these people. Here's the thing. Trump talks so bad about every single minority and pretty much any social issue. And that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for in this campaign season is the social issues. So, like, um, for, like, race, LGBT, um, those types of things, like, I feel like we need to support these people. And he literally hates all of them. (laughs) I mean, has he ever said anything against the LGBT? whatever it is um community well no but from what i've heard about how he feels about minorities it's just i just cannot how can we put someone in charge of our country that is so focused on building a wall on the bottom of our country when we have also a north side of our country that he doesn't care about it's like he's so have an immigration problem on the north side of our country though See, you know? like, yeah, but if a bunch of Canadians come... were sneaking into the country, but they are, like, it's not as many. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's not droves of them. But though, he's focused you know? on them because he's racist. He's focused on the Mexican border. I mean, we shouldn't he talk might about be racist. It. We shouldn't talk about he... it. I would vote for Hillary. You, <laughs> I mean, because it's okay. fine. Let's just not talk about it. Because, but here, I don't. See, you want to vote for a president who is strong on social issues. Because I but... I think that is what – if you don't support people on, like, a social level, then that bleeds into every other part of politics. It goes into war. It goes into foreign policy, which is war. I don't know why I said both. Um, it goes into, like – No, I mean, that could, you know, deal with um, the arrangements that we have with other countries. So. How you view people individually is how you will eventually view everyone as a society. And I fully believe that. So if you think that, like, minorities are worth less, then eventually you're going to think that this society is also worth less. Like, it, it bleeds in. I mean, I don't I – don't, I've seen a lot of Donald Trump, and I don't know if he's ever said that minorities are worth less than, than white Americans are. Okay. He may not have the, used those words, but he thinks that they are garbage. I – the president has no has no action on social issues, and that's why I don't look into social issues as like a strong point for me. Like, it's if they do if they have policies that I agree with, then I'm like, all right. I mean, and I, I mean, you can see that because a lot of like candidates uh, on the right don't even speak heavily on social issues because they know that the president's duties don't really like go into like a social issue area at all. Like the what is the president supposed to do for, for um, you know minorities? Like what do they? What can they do? There's nothing in presidential action that uh, goes that goes towards different programs or different. So why um, even have a president? 
Because the president defends the country. Do they? The president defends the Constitution. The president defends the American people. Do they, though? I mean, say what you will about Obama, but he's been trying to protect the country. I like so, Obama. That was nothing against Obama. But you, you asked if the president does protect the country. I mean, he does. I know. I didn't say anything against him. <laughs> no, but you're saying like... Well, I think the government in general is so incredibly flawed. So like... Right. I mean, it's just an effed up system. It's a very effed up system right now. I just and think Trump is a dictator, and I, I don't think anything good can come from him. Because he's such a loose cannon. And he has to deal with so many people in so many different countries that it's just – it would be such a cluster. Right. It would, it would be a disaster. It would be – And at least Hillary incredibly has – Incredibly terrible. Hillary knows how to talk to people, and she respects people. He doesn't respect people. He f- See, I don't know that she does. Okay, well, think, even if she does... I think di- she's just playing, playing... Okay, but at least she can play the part. <laughs> I would m- much rather someone hold their tongue than spew out whatever Donald Trump spews out. Like, you never know what he's going to say, and that's... And, and this is why I will not vote if it's the two of them. Right. Because I, 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 you know, I agree with you. I think that he's a terrible person, and I think that Hillary is a terrible person, and I don't want to see either of them running the country, and it speaks... To the political landscape, it totally it does. To the flaws of the government that these two people are the ones that we want, like, yeah, not you and me, but that the American public want. It's like these people don't; they're both thirsty for power. Yeah, it's scary. And I it's... just, and you know, like, um, if you were to look at all of the candidates running, and if you were even like st- step back like a few months and just take in all the candidates running then it's like i you know i'm not really happy about any of it like nothing nothing is good nothing um nothing gave me peace to want to vote for out of any of those people i was like i'm really just taking a shot in the dark if i vote for any of these people and i still feel that way i'm still anxious about we have to do something about changing the system i don't know how people people we need to do something because this is – it's getting ridiculous. Each year or each election year, it just gets worse. Yeah, like, this this has been a terrible election year. It just – it becomes such a show and it's – and it it's all about putting the other person down so that they can raise each other up. And that's the one thing I hate about politics. It's like you shouldn't have to put anyone else down to show your qualities. You should be able to stand alone on your own words without having to put anyone down. And that's all the, politics is, is saying. That is what politics is, yeah. And that, that is the essence of running for political office. And that's why we need to change it, and I just don't know how. No, I don't know how either, because the the sad part is, is that if you get a room full of people, and one person talks about what they want to do for the country, and the other person talks about what they want to do for the country, this room is going to be uncaring, or like undecided, or indecisive. But if one of them says... That guy hates this. Right. That guy will do this. And the other one says, yeah, but he's going to do this. Then they know where to go. They know exactly who to go for. And that's just – that is the whole American public. And it's it's very, very disheartening because that's how people win elections. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so sad to me. I, The whole thing just makes me very sad. Yeah. Let's move on. I, um, cause... I think I told you that like – 
I couldn't sleep for a little while about this. Really? Like it was, yeah, it was so like just in my mind and just like in my body, like it just made me tense and stressed. And I would like wake up like six times in the middle of the night. And this like went on for like two weeks and I just had to like, I just had to find peace about it, you know, like find my own peace in the disheveled national, you know, situation. I was, right. it was, and it's so hard and it's, I don't know. I just felt it so deeply, like how bad it was. Um, but yeah, on a lighter note, what is uh, Jonathan's second half of the question? <laughs> yeah, he said, and more importantly, who would win in a street fight if the election was based on a death match? I fully think Hillary would win. I think Donald Trump would quiver in the corner. And I I think she knows how to take somebody. I think so. and I think she has claws. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think she has claws and she has like this pterodactyl shriek oh, so maybe yeah. she can fly. Oh my gosh, that would like, be so amazing. Grab him with her her with, with her, her claws. Talons. And, and he's just hanging like 6 feet below her like by the by the strands of his hair in her like talons. And then his wig would fly off. <laughs> yeah, and then it would just like rip off his head, and he would just fall. And wow, that got and then violent. she would catch him because she wouldn't let him die yet. She was like, "Oh, it ain't over." <laughs> and then she'd feed him to her young. <laughs> oh my god, you took it to the next level. Um, I will say though, no matter what happens, when it does come down to the final debates for the presidency, it is going to be something like it's it's going to be one hell of a. I'll be throwing up. <laughs> I know. I I honestly think if Donald wins, like pe- there's going to be so much rioting. Like that's what I'm worried about. Is like if he does win, the United States is going to be in such disarray, and like people are going to yeah. riot. Every, like people are going to like so many people are going to die. I can just feel it. Like the country's just in such a terrible state right now. Like we're so vulnerable, and like literally anything, we're looking for something to just like burn houses oh, down, and this would oh, be the yeah. thing. I fully, be- I fully believe that. So we are just waiting for something to to cause a storm about. It's so animalistic. Yeah, and it's it such is. A, but w- it's regressive. It it's is. Just, and we're just waiting for that outlet. Yeah, like people are <sighs> waiting for Trump to become president to like start a muck. You know, like that's what I'm. I'm nervous. I'm. I'm nervous. So upsetting. You know what though? Um, I know we're still talking about it, but um. Based on the way that people behave at Trump's rallies, if Hillary becomes president, I'm not so sure that it's going to be a safe situation either. Like, his supporters are rageful. Like, they're angry at America, and they and they bring that energy. Like, they're they're mean. And I don't know if you've seen the videos of like the I can't the fights I can't watch rallies. them. I can't watch them. It's like it's it's awful. Like. And those are the like, people that are voting for him. Yeah, they are. And um, there was like this article. It's been going around um, the internet a lot right now. But it's these these two guys who are like uh, Bernie supporters. They're liberals, but they wanted to understand um, Trump rallies. Yeah. So they fully disguise themselves as like Trump supporters, and they're like cheering for Trump. They're wearing like Trump gear, and they just went to one of his rallies. And the only like the biggest thing they came away thinking was like. These are very angry people. Like, yeah. it was it was in everything that was being said and all the activity in the crowd. And they're like, it's just, it's really scary. And, you know, I don't blame you for not watching any of these videos because people are just getting thrown to the ground and getting beaten. And it's like, 
this is literally a presidential rally. And if that, oh, if that explicit word for Donald Trump, if that guy cannot shut down the violence at his rally, that's that's what our country's going to be like, though. Shame on you. You know him. what I mean? Yeah. Like if he, there's nothing stopping this, it's like we're getting closer and closer to this this next presidency, and nothing's changing. Like no, it's. I was just like praying for a change, and it's like nothing. Ooh. I literally can't now, even like, shivers down my. Back. I know I can't yeah, even I, describe how I'm feeling right now. Like it's a, it's a sense yeah. of like hopelessness, hopelessness, and like also just like fear. Yeah. Because there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. You you can't stop you can't stop a wave like this like no it's you can it's do a tsunami everything in your own personal yeah exactly you can do everything in your own personal circle and you can do your part um but I don't know what part that is you know, or you know like I don't know how much of a difference that makes like at this point it feels like my part does not do yeah much at all and you know what the I worst know. part is like I'm sorry we're still talking about this I know but what really infuriates me and it's been getting to me all this week is that a lot of Trump supporters know all of the arguments against him. They know that he backs up on issues, and they know that he says a lot of things that he doesn't mean, mm-hmm. and they know that he has a liberal background, and they know that like he he does not like have conservative uh, principles, and they know they know how he mistreats uh, women when he talks. Yeah, and and they're like, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm voting for the guy, and that makes me want to like put my fist through a wall because that is a common thread through these Trump supporters. It does not matter what he says. They are idealizing the man and they're doing exactly the opposite of American politics. We vote based on our, our policies, on our beliefs. We do not vote based on people. Like you were saying, he's turning into a dictator. You don't vote based on a person. You vote based on your beliefs. If he mistreats women and that offends you, then then don't vote for the guy. It's right. Like, right. It's like saying, um, yeah, I know that I know that Trump's a bad person in all these respects, but I really want to vote for the guy, you know, and and I just that's not a small thing. Like that is a large that's a large number of people that feel that way. I hear it every day. Mm-hmm. I see it every day and I'm blown away. Um, I know. And now, unless you have something else to add. I think we better move on before I have a panic attack. No, I agree. Um, okay. So the second half of the email is from my sister. Um, and she writes, due to the obesity epidemic in America, the government has decided only one fast food chain can exist in order to fight the problem. Which chain survives and which will you miss the most? And you're going to go first because I just spewed so much no it it was all good though um i would choose chipotle um because i love chipotle i don't care about the salmonella put it in my body (laughs) (laughs) i Um, love e coli give it to me i i sure do um and let's see i that one will survive which one will i miss i will i will probably miss chick-fil-a yeah i was gonna say Um, i know he's gonna miss (laughs) chick-fil-a If I if I still eat Panda Express, I would miss that because I just lo- love Panda Express. Mm. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I don't really eat a lot of fast food. 
Yeah. Um, I think those are my two that I can think of right now. What about you, compadre? Well, first off, if the government ever decided to do anything to control the obesity epidemic, I would riot. <laughs> That's not okay. That is not in the power of the government. Anyways, um, I would pick Chick-fil-A, and I would be really sad because there would be no fast food on Sundays then. <laughs> yeah. But but I still love Chick-fil-A way too much um, to see it go. And then the one that I would be sad about would the, – the one I would miss the most would be In-N-Out. And I think it's because In-N-Out is one of those things where like when it strikes you that you want In-N-Out, like the feeling of eating In-N-Out – is great. You are so LA. It's, so LA. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> You're like, oh, Californian on the other end. I see. We don't have those but here. If you, I've, I've you never know had what it. I was talking about. If that's see, if anyone tells you that it's the most amazing fast food ever, just take away that expectation. Everyone. That's because, what everyone says. Right. It, they're they're wrong. Like <laughs> it it grows on you. Yeah. That's for sure. Like the first time I ate it, I was like. Eh. This is like a good day at Wendy's. Like, what's oh, but the hey, that's between... pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is. It is pretty good, but it's like, it's not like the best burger you've ever had in your whole life. Right. It's. I think the thing is, is that it's like Taco Bell prices for like the top of the line for food chains. I mean, for fast food. Yeah. For fast food chains, it's like, you know, three dollars, and you have like a big burger. Wow. And, yeah, so I think that's why people were like, this is amazing, you know, like a bunch of college kids just spreading a lie that it was the greatest food on the planet uh-huh. because they could literally feed themselves for a month with, like, a 20 in their pocket. That'd be awesome. But, yeah. But, like I was saying, if you if you had an in and out there, you would know that when that feeling strikes you, You're, you got to eat an in and out You just got to have it, you know? Yeah. Which is why it's just better to never eat in and out because then that feeling will never strike you, and in a sense, will be your bliss with in and out. That's how I feel about a lot of food. I just shouldn't have eaten it ever. Like, what would be another food for you? Oh my gosh! I was gonna say sushi, but I was like, no, I don't have any regrets about that. No, no hashtag no regrets. You know. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, honestly, any type of pastry. Like, I could eat cakes and cup. Oh, cupcakes, girl. Oh, right. See, if you never had a cupcake... You wouldn't know what you're missing. Oh, but I know what I'm missing. There wouldn't be an, and I'm there crying. Wouldn't be an o- obesity <laughs> epidemic in my body. <laughs> if there were no cupcakes. Yeah. like, Or at least if I had never had one. Right. That's a that's a really good one. <sighs> we, we have to get off of food. Otherwise, I'm going to like binge after this. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, um, can we record the rest of this episode tomorrow? I need to go to McDonald's and order like three McFlurries. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Felice. <laughs> Bye, Felice. <laughs> Uh, should we go on to uh, Papa's? Uh, yep, pop, pop. Is that weird? Uh, thanks for the questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, does he go by Jonathan or John? He goes by Jonathan. Well, I call him Jonathan because my name's John, so... And then I will call him John. He's married to my sister, so it just it's easier if we don't it have is. the same name. Yeah. Thank you for the questions, Beth and Jonathan. Beth and Jonathan. <laughs> Forever. Forever. Okay, so my pop, pop wrote in. I don't call him pop, pop. But it's just funner than saying dad. You know what I really like? Da. Isn't that what they say in Ireland? Da. I think they do. Yeah. I love that. Like, 
I'd want to get my kid saying that, but I think that everybody would think that he was like uh, having a speech impediment right. if he said it in public. Like, duh, they'd be like, okay, what's wrong with him? <laughs> so I probably won't do that. Anyways, here's, here's my dad's email. Um, he says that he's enjoying the podcast mm-hmm. and he likes that we're disagreeing on issues. So yeah. you're welcome, duh. Duh. Um, <laughs> So he said uh, his question was, would you be willing to dissect your favorite movies of all time? Yeah. Perhaps a few points that garners their praise from you. Yeah. So, John, go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't know how I should go about saying this. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we tried to discuss how we were going to do this earlier, and I don't remember what we decided. So Go with the flow. Just do what you do, you, you know? I'll do me. Um, so there are a few movies that really top my list, and I don't number them. Like, I don't have them numbered, but when I think of, like, if someone asked me what my favorite movies were, I have right. four. I have four in my head that I could go back and watch all the time, and the reason I go back to them is because it literally stirs something in me to like do something like social justice wise, like it inspires me to like work and to like change the world type of thing. Um, so, and that's what all four, well, I guess maybe three of them have in common. Um, one I just like, cause it's super fun. Um, so the first one is American beauty. Whew. I can't believe that that is in your, Oh my your goodness. Top four. That one you know what's... literally gives me chills every time I watch it. I remember when we watched that, together because uh-huh. i i am privileged enough to have seen that movie with you the first time you saw it and i remember getting into the elevator when we left the the screening of uh-huh. it and i asked you what do you think and you're like that was pretty good and i totally think that that's one of those movies that just sits in you and it then totally you does about it and you think about it you think about it and you're like oh my god and then you see it so, again and you're like oh my goodness yeah, that movie definitely just it rings all the louder on the second viewing. I love movies like that. It's what's his face's character. I can't think of his name. Um, help me out here. Is it Kevin Spacey? No, the younger one. Uh, uh Wes Bentley. Yes, his character. It's just so. He has such an emotional role, and like I connected does, to him yeah. like so much because like the part with the plastic bag. Like it sounds so stupid when you explain it, but like when you it does. but when you watch it like in the movie, in the flow of the movie, and like with the music, like there's this part where he he has video he videotapes with his uh, camcorder because it was a while ago um, all the things that he finds kind of beautiful, and mm-hmm. he records this plastic bag blowing in the wind, and there's this part where he's explaining what he likes about it, and he just gets teared up, and it's to the essence of like. It's just this bag, like, you know, mm-hmm. floating in the wind with, like, no restrictions and, you know, no care in the world. And it's just so beautiful. He's like, I forget. I wish I had the quote because it's just it's so touching to me. Um, and that's just kind of what I feel about life. Like, I feel like me. I mean, yeah. clearly, I feel like you guys know me now where I could be like, if I saw a plastic bag blowing in the wind, I would probably be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> am I crying? Yes, yeah. I am. Because um, I'm just kind of weird like that, and I, um, so yeah, I get that. I get that. So that and that movie always, for some reason, like sparks something inside me. Um, oh yeah, totally. It's just a movie about liberty, like totally. personal liberty. Yeah, and it's not always like a good thing. 
but it's a very real thing. It is. Um, I highly recommend. I remember. It. I remember the first time that I watched it, and the movie was over. My college roommate Luke was like, I turned to him, and he was like, "Did you think the plastic bag scene was stupid?" Yeah. And I was like, "Not at all." And he was like, "Good." Oh. And that was like the first thing that we said about the movie. I was like, "No, that was that was beautiful." Maybe that should be the question I ask all my new friends. Like, how do you feel about the plastic bag scene in American Beauty? You know, that's like, that's funny, but that's also really true. <laughs> because if that seems stupid to you, then we just won't we connect. Be we just won't connect. Yeah, exactly. We're just not going to, we're not going to see eye to eye on anything. Because if I see a plastic bag, we are stopping and watching it. <laughs> you will watch me cry. Uh-huh. You will cry too. Um, real quick, I'll go through the other ones. Perks of Being a Wallflower. That movie. Oh my God! See, two movies now that I was with you the first time you watched them. I feel so privileged. You should. Um, that <laughs> I don't even really have much to say about. I just thought it was the most fantastically written movie about like teens and teen angst and yeah, just kind of this like outsider who becomes part of this group and just the the kind of it's it almost goes to like mental illness in this movie because he has like this repressed memory. Um, and at the end when it like comes to fruition. It's just, like, so emotional. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one. Um, Persuading Wallflower. Um, oh, V for Vendetta. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> that... oh, we talked about V for Vendetta last week, too. Oh, yeah. I like it. I do. That one makes me want to change the world, like, from the government side. Like, we need to, like, mm-hmm. strip government of, like, all their rights because they're so corrupt. Um, but, and it's just, it's so em- empowering the whole V character is just like, yeah, like he as one person changed an entire nation. And that I was just like, yes, queen go. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason why he's the face of anonymous. Yeah. It's just, it's so incredibly amazing. Um, And then the last one is uh, silver linings playbook. And that one doesn't really stir anything. It doesn't spark anything in me, but I just love it so much. It's, um, so funny to me and I just the the whole story in itself is just written so well and it's portrayed so well and just the chemistry between J-Law and Bradley Cooper is just magic mm-hmm. and I could watch that quite often and I, as I said before I base a lot of my movie uh, views on rewatchability, rewatchability and th- yeah. those are four that I could watch probably more often than any um, Silver Linings actually does, uh, stir me up quite a bit when I watch it. It's like, I don't know, when, when I think about it on the, like, the surface, I'm always like, gosh, it's so funny, and then I think about it for, like, a few more moments, and then I'm like, there's some really powerful moments in there, there about, like, brokenness, and oh, just about, yeah. like, finding, you know, joy in the world, and, and it's J-Law's best performance to date, I so agree. it's, it's just very, uh, it's fun to watch because of that. It's like she's just firing on all cylinders in that movie. It's it's great. And it deals with mental illness and you know, since I'm in like the social in such a real way. Yeah. And the field I'm in is all about mental illness and I have a mm-hmm. I have a heart for mental ill mental ill. Um, just for people with mental illness because I think it's way more prevalent than we talk about. And I think we mm-hmm. don't talk about it because I think all of us have some sort of mental illness, but yet we like stigmatize certain people for what they have when really we all have our own type of illness that we're working through. Anyways, I could go on a soapbox, girl. Gotta stop me. (laughs) 
that's those are four great choices. Um, we talked when, like you said, we did talk about this just a little bit before we started, and I wish that mine were as like, um, as like fresh as those are in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like everything, just about everything in my top ten, I I saw before I was a teenager. Like I'm not gonna talk about these movies in depthly. But just to like give people like a quick rundown, um, like my top ten would consist of uh, The Matrix, Terminator Two, uh, Ghostbusters, Empire Strikes Back, Rocky, The Karate Kid, um, and a few others. But see, like that's that's all stuff that everybody loves. So you definitely you don't need me to understand like why the movie's great. Like you know why I would. Um, yeah. Why I would be putting those in my top ten. But I definitely like I connect with you on the rewatchability element because those are all movies that like I could pop in mm-hmm. any of those movies right now and I wouldn't be able to multitask during it. And I've seen them all so many times, but I'm just I'm so sucked in and I just have such a blast watching all of them. Um So I was trying to think of like uh, a more recent one that I would be able to give a few points on that uh, that I also love and would come really close to the top. The two the two that came to mind were Whiplash and Drive. Yeah. Like you love Drive. I love Drive. Those were two films when I walked out of the theater, I was like I don't I don't know what to say. Like I'm just I'm so touched right now. Like yeah. I'm just like a, just a bolt of lightning like shot through your body and you're just dazed. You're dazed because they're such great like cinematic achievements. Um with gosh, Whiplash I'll just talk about Whiplash briefly. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Whiplash, it's like, amazing. It it is so amazing. There it's one of those types of films where you just you're it's you get so caught up because every element is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like Nothing feels out of place. Every scene is like electrifying, great acting. Like the the conflict. Will oh just my give goodness! You like that is what panic gets me. attacks. Yeah, yeah, and it ends so well. Like you just leave, and you're just like, "What just happened?" Yeah. But like, a, in a good a very, way, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a very um, it's a very simple um, film plot wise, mm-hmm. but on an emotional and like um, character dynamic level. It's it's very profound and it talks it talks to um that that struggle of like how far is too far like what where's the point or like how hard do you push art like is there perfection in art yeah. is you know what happens if you tell somebody that something is good that isn't good like how how much like threshold can you put before somebody that it will be enough that they can break through it and they can become great, but not enough to kill them. Is there like a moment where it would kill them if they did become the greatest? And it's just, it's so profound and it's so powerful. The Miles Teller is Mm -hmm. incredible. J.K. Simmons, did he win the Oscar that year? I think so. Oh, no. Oh, he did? I, I thought so, but maybe not. I can check real quick. Keep going. He's, he's phenomenal. And everything down to like, the editing of it and the shooting of it and the color of it, like the technical aspects, the sound design of it, mm-hmm. it's all 
it's all uniform to its style. Like it knows exactly what it wants to be, and you understand it, and you are you are just fully immersed. And totally. the movie really is a bullet train. Like Ooh, it starts, girl. and you can't look away, and then it's over, and you just need to like lie down because you're breathing so hard. Like it's honestly it, what's amazing is that you you could watch Gravity and feel the same way yeah. as you do. Yeah watching whiplash and it's uh and it's a drummer in an auditorium you know like right and it just has the same emotional and just physical effect like just straight up physical like all through you right um he did win for it he yeah see totally deserving yeah because he's terrifying (laughs) he is terrifying (laughs) he's funny too like he's actually funny at moments and that's that's gosh, that's just a brilliant villain. Like a villain who is so mean and you're still laughing at his jokes. Like Yeah. Oh my god, like this I don't know. It's I I dare say a perfect film. Um I would agree. So there you go, da. Da. <laughs> da. I don't where do you want to go from here? Gosh, I don't know. Like we, we didn't I'm really just, I'm kind of like smiling right now because I'm thinking about Whiplash and I'm like, like yeah. damn, Daniel, I love that movie. Damn, Daniel. Back at it with the Whiplash. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pops, for the email. Yeah. Um, yeah. Feeling do we need to do a, a deeper thing real quick? Or do we want to uh, end it on that one? Um, let's let's go a little bit deeper. Okay. Let's let's cap it off because sure. we basically went like movies, politics, quickly politics, and then movies. I know. <laughs> you need a little bit for everyone, I guess. We do. So they tell me. <laughs> so they tell us. I read a book about podcasting, and they said that. Did you really? I wish I did not. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah. No, we're gonna write the book on it. Oh, are we? Whew. Let's do it. I had a dream about it. It's happening. Can it be? That's a total lie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the dream is. What were you gonna say? Nothing. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh shoot! I killed it. Sorry. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what should we uh dabble? And I don't know. I feel like there was something that... I don't remember what we... Yeah, there was... <laughs> uh, Why do we even talk about anything before we start? I know. It's like, all right, you got it? Yep, I'll remember that. And then we get to the point where like, it's like... what? You know, how are we going to handle the movie situation? I can't really I remember don't remember. Um, we did talk about talking about free will. Did you want to do that? Yeah, I think you should go first. I like, because I just... I like how we're talking like no one else is listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're like whispering like everyone else is in the room and we're like what do you want to do <laughs> what are you going to do about these freaks <laughs> I like to whisper too yeah um, yeah okay. you should you should kind of like direct us in that because sure. I don't know exactly where you want to go oh okay but it's a great topic yeah um, so here's the thing I am going to give very layman's terms on um, an issue that was the f- uh, maybe not the first, but one of the first things that I thought of in redefining my view of God, and that was um, the Calvinism versus Arminianism point of view on um, what happens when we die. 
or in kind of life now. So um, in very simple terms, and there's a lot more to it than what I'm going to say, but um, Calvinism is in essence the idea that um, there are certain people that God has chosen to go to heaven and that essentially there's nothing really we can do on earth to change that. Like if we're written in the book of life, then we will be in heaven. And if we're not, then we will be in hell. Um, and we really don't have a say about that. Um, and then mm -hmm. Arminianism is the idea of free will that, um, you know, that we have choice in this world and our decisions. And um, essentially, you know, we're not robots just in a world. We have choice. And <clears throat> so that's in very layman's terms. There's so many like subcategories and I'm sure people are like, you're not explaining it right. But that is very, very simply, that's what they are. Um, and I, I guess I can just keep going. <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? Um, or did you want to say something on it? Um, yeah, you, you have something you want to say. <laughs> that was so eager for me to talk. Yeah, Mathis, go do it. Do it. Um, I don't know. I actually, I was just, was that a Darth Sidious voice? It was. Thank you. Oh my that was God. so good. Like, that sounded just like it came out of the movie. Mathis, I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> you trying out for episode eight? Oh, they're already filming. You trying out for episode nine? Well, if I was in episode eight, I couldn't tell you, so. That's actually true. Um, Damn it. I actually, <laughs> I just remembered there was a time we talked about predestination. Um, she, I'm using this terminology again. Predestination. That's okay. It's really hard to get away from using that term, so I'm just going to explain it really No, I think that's, anybody, yeah. Yeah, in case it's unclear, predestination is like what John was just saying about uh, God, God has uh, destined these people, a certain group of people, to go to heaven, and the chosen he has ones. destined the chosen ones. Yes, and he has destined uh, another group, or not even destined them, but anybody outside of right. that group is totally. is not in heaven, which is hell. Um, and I remember we had a conversation about this in college, and it just popped back into my mind, and I just remember. I can't even imagine where you were at at this moment as far as, like, you must have just, just, um, beginning mm -hmm. your, like, serious questioning of things. But I remember you were like, I just cannot get behind a religion that everything's already decided. Like, I've already been decided to go to heaven, and that guy's already been decided to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember, you know, like... Uh, going into college, that was always a belief that, you know, like, I was always raised very, like, eh, I don't know that it really matters. Like, it just, it just did not resonate with me. And it was because I was like, well, it may or it may not be true, but I feel at peace about it because I'm going, right. I'm going to the good place. Yeah. Uh, so I remember you, you saying it and, you know, like, Obviously, it left an impression because I'm. I remember it happening. I don't know if you remember this conversation. I don't. I'm sorry. No, and that's fine. But I do remember. I do remember you saying that, and I was like, "Man, John is really, is really affected by this topic." Mm -hmm. And obviously, it stuck with me because here I am today, and I remember it mm -hmm. so clearly. I remember you sitting there, and me looking at you, and you speaking, and wow, I think. Our other our other buddy John had been talking, and then you started talking, and I remember looking and hearing you say this. Um, 
Gosh, there was something. I'm surprised I said it then. Honestly. This would have been probably been your last semester. Okay. Yeah, but still surprised you said it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I brought it up, honestly. Um, yeah, so there was something else that I wanted to say, but I, I can't remember right now. I'll try to think of it, but continue, because obviously you had more to say. Oh, I mean... Or did you not? No, I did, but I, I liked where you were going. Yeah, I had a really good thing that I was going to like bring up, and now I'm just like at a loss. And I'm like, hey, I just remembered a memory. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Conversation just... I was like, hey, let me let you in my brain of non-importance for a moment. But um, I guess the thing for me is, like, it's hard for me to accept that God would choose certain people and then send other certain people to, like... Like, if you imagine the worst place anywhere, um, anything that you can imagine, and hell would be a gajillion times worse. And the fact that, like... We, would, we could believe in a God that would um, send people to that place um, with, mm-hmm. without any say really affected how I would view God. And I couldn't, I just couldn't believe in that person because that's just, what kind of God is that? You know, we talk, yeah. like, is that a merciful God? Is that a loving God? I know people can make arguments that that still is a loving and merciful God, but I cannot get behind those arguments whatsoever. Like, it's just, it's way too hard for me to understand that. I think that predestination is slowly becoming, like, something a lot of people don't believe in. And the thing, I just remembered what I was going to say. I've been really uh, fascinated with the way that the Bible was written recently, like, Uh just thinking about it a lot more. Um, so like why they, why they include certain things, why they omitted certain things, um, as Rob Bell, uh, talks about why they use like three tiered language, you know, like heaven up earth here, yeah. hell down, sure. you know, like things like that. So I've, I've just been thinking a lot about, um, why they wrote certain things certain way, why they, you know, why they chose those stories for Jesus and not other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think about this predestination element because I think it shows up in Paul's writings. I, I, I believe, I can't remember exactly, but it is after the Gospels. Um, and I'm just trying to think, like, where where did they get the idea from? Like, is there is there an idea like that in the Old Testament that they're like pulling from? Because I don't think I don't think that Jesus says it like. Correct me if I'm wrong, that you or whoever's listening. Um, so I don't think he says it, and I can't think of anything specifically in the Old Testament. And then also just, like, the stress that they put on it in the New Testament. I'm trying to think of, like, what the effect was on on the people. Like, what effect does it have to include that element in the Bible? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, what effect does it have to say, like, these people have all been predestined to go to heaven. Like, does, do people reading the Bible in ancient times, like, think, okay, good, or, like, yeah, I think, cool, or I just, I think it, like, did it give them peace? Totally, you know? and I think that's why it, that was created, and I think it kind of adds to the fear-based element of what, um, you know, Christianity has become, unfortunately. Like, 
we need to create things to make ourselves feel better because we're in a world that is very uncontrollable. And so the only natural thing to do is to create things in which we can control. Mm, and so, that, Oh, that's so good, John. Um, so obviously with the idea of dying, like we have to create something so that we can try to understand it, which is understandable. And I get it because we're humans and we have to try to understand things, but it's, it's mm -hmm. created by us to make us feel better. Um, yeah, at least that, that's yeah. how I feel personally. Um, oh, that's, that's such a strong point. Like the, the Bible and humanity in general are filled with humans kind of taking their free will for granted and not, not really wanting it. Like, you know, um, it seems like the, like humans would constantly be like, uh, fighting for free will. But when you actually look at it, we're constantly willing to give it up for control. Mm -hmm. Like totally. And it, I mean, like it's so perfectly portrayed in the old Testament, like God's people, you know, quote unquote, God's people, mm -hmm. the old Testament are, constantly liberated and then they just want god to take control of the situation they're like even willing to be slaves again uh in exodus when they are released from egypt's hands like the israelites and they're like you know what being controlled was fine Oops. and you know the struggle the struggle is that free will is very complicated like it's not a pretty thing and you just hit it that so perfectly with the element of predestination there, there is a very strong argument to say that predestination is invented by man because we are made at peace by, um, by putting control, mm -hmm. you know, on spirituality, on our afterlives, and and it would totally make sense for a Christian or a community of Christians to to say like people are predestined, you know, like we are. We are accepted by God. God knew that we would be where we're standing right now, supporting him, fighting his cause, uh, promoting him. And I, yeah, I just think that you put that so well. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really do believe that, like, humanity is just a constant, a constant struggle with uh, free will, you know? Yeah. Like, well, and I was talking um, with one of my friends about this, um, and we were kind of talking about, you know, because if we do believe in free will, then there's a lot of implications as to what God's role is then. Because, like, if we believe yeah. in free will, then we can't believe that God intervenes at all. At least personally, I feel like it's kind of all or nothing when it comes to free will. Um, and that may be a, ve a very dualistic way to look at it, but I feel like if we're going to believe... It is. I mean, it is. But, like, if we're going to have ultimate free will... I feel like there's there can't be any element of inter intervention, you know. It has to be all on us. Personally. Well, how would how would you explain miracles? I'm very interested to see what you're going to say. Uh let's see. Miracles. Um I definitely think that there is a type of magic in this world and I use magic in a very loose term because I know we think of like Harry Potter and I don't mean that, but I mean, there is an energy in which I do believe is God. Like I, 
I believe God is very much an energy in this world. Um, but I also believe that that energy is inside us and that we have the ability to use that energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I honestly don't have a good answer for it, but I think that we have the ability to create miracles within ourselves. And I don't know what triggers that in some circumstances. Um, cause there are some really amazing stories when it comes to like people being physically healed. Um, mm -hmm. there really is. And yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, say that there isn't. Um, but the, it's just, it's hard. I, I just feel like I would be hypocritical to say that I believe in free will. But then I also believe that God heals certain people. So that's why I, it's hard for me to say that. Because then, then, then that begs the question, okay, God heals this person, so why not that person? Right. And then that goes back on, that goes back to, you know, who is God then? And it's just like this huge cycle. So for me, that's why it's kind of like it's free will. So therefore, God cannot have an active role. And I use that word uh, uh, intentionally because I do think that God plays a, a role, but an inactive role in a sense of like, if we believe that God, and I use that word, and I know we each have a different view of God. So when I say God, everyone thinks of what they think God is. Um, mm -hmm. But God is in like this energy in the universe. I, I do believe God created this world that we live in. And I think that like you can see um, characteristics and qualities um, in a child, um, you can see qualities of the parent in the child. I think we can see qualities of God in his creation as in our world. Um, and so, and in us, yeah. And so I think that's the inactive role that he plays. You know, we can still see parts of God in everything. Um, but yet God is not actively intervening with certain people and leaving others to suffer. Mm. You put a lot of power on the individual in that idea. I do. And that I, was really fascinating. And I, I truly believe that. I mean, I think yeah. that one of the big things is that we really sell ourselves short and we do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, I think people, I think we can do so many great things. And I think we are just kind of calloused too calloused. And I don't think that's mm -hmm. anyone's fault. I think it's just with living. And I think it happens very early on in life that we lose this mysticism that we are born with. And, you know, because mm -hmm. I definitely think children have, they can see things differently than we do. They have a purity to them. They're not, you know, so bogged down by the grit of like living on earth. It kind of just like right. cakes on you after a while. Um, so, yeah. I, when, when you go, when you go to absolute free will, mm -hmm. that's pretty close to, to what I would say about miracles as well. I would, I would say that that God has empowered us with like uh, His essence. Like I, um, so I've, I've told you this, but I love the idea that um, that God um, or that that Jesus was um, God's son, and by coming to Earth and by doing what He did, like. He has put us in that same status, and we so, um, and I believe that, and I think that a lot of people do believe that, that constantly, like, forget about it, like, 
Um, so for my own personal belief, I think that we need to constantly remember that we truly are a son or a daughter of of God mm-hmm. and and he has given us such such power within us and he has given us such dreams and such uh, just he's made us incredible people to like go out and do incredible things and like you were saying we become so calloused and we forget like even if even if you do want to believe that that God is inactive or even if you do believe that it's like he's still within everything and he fills he fills those things with power and if he is not like actively deciding like this person dies or that thing goes there mm-hmm. or this goes here even if he's not doing that like there like you were saying like magic there's so much magic to be had um you know, there's so much that we can act on, and and I don't know how much I how much I believe this. I'm still um, processing it, but I I don't know. I feel very uh, just revved up when I think about it. But um, miracles being like the you know the power of God in yourself, you know, like coming coming out or the power of God and somebody else like mm-hmm. coming into your life, you know, and like, um, shining that power, that magic, like onto you. Yeah. And it just, you know, like, like you, you were putting so much, so much power in the individual. And I think that I, I also think that people are just, they are magnificent people. They're, they're huge in God's eyes. And, and obviously in our own eyes we don't think that way at all and it's just so it's so important to remember how much how much he has put deep in us you know like i don't know i i really like what you're saying about miracles <laughs> and i think that i think that that's that's pretty close to something i i may believe <laughs> yeah i mean especially like if we think you know, if we believe that, like, some type of God or energy or divine presence, like, did create us, then obviously we would have some of whatever that is inside us. And I think that does kind of go back to what we talked about in the collective soul type of thing. Like, if you look at the pie and we all, so say God is that center, and then we each get a little bit of that, obviously there's some way that we can tap into that. Um, yeah. Because it's inside us and... Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. I I had something to go off of that. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> ah <laughs> shoot. Oh, um <laughs> it's back. Um it's very I think it's I think it's easy to to see like an inactive God as a distant God. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that God is distant at all. I think it's like, he's as close as you let him be. Thing. Exactly. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> he's as close. Yeah. He's as close as you let him be. It's like, that comes back to the free will, you know, mm-hmm. like it is, is your responsibility as a human totally to seek out spirituality and to seek out, you know, inner being your soul, um, and 
and I just, you know, like there's a perception of God is very, um, it's like people have to, people really have to work at the idea that God isn't distant. And I think it's just about like looking at it from a different perspective. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not distance to have an inactive God. Um, I don't even know how much I believe that, but like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going after the thought for the point, you know, like it's, um, if God is inactive, it does not mean that God is distant and not present. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. He he can be present. Yeah. And I just think that that's, I don't know. I think everybody, this is kind of the beauty of, you know, becoming who you are, but everybody struggles with the idea of God, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what does God mean to you? You know, not, that's a hypothetical. You can answer if you want to, but, um, no, that's a good hypothetical. You know what I mean? It's just, and I I don't know that, that is a that is a struggle, you know, like trying to figure figure that out. But and yeah, maybe it maybe it shouldn't be a struggle, you know. Maybe it should just be, it should just you should look at it as the essence of living, you know, figuring out, figuring out the greater things, you know. Like, why is that a bad thing? That's that's important that that you thrive off of that type of energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just. I feel like I'm rambling now, but it's very. Um, it's empowering to go through that process and to know what God means to you and to find, to find that, you know, to find that and to live with that. It's not easy, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a hard process, but Mm -hmm. free will, it all comes back to free will. For me, it does. Yeah. That was good. I had fun. (laughs) <laughs> hope I wasn't too rambly. No, I loved it. Okay. So yeah. I was like, where? how long have I been speaking? That's what I kept thinking. I was like, maybe I should stop talking. You can't worry about that. You right, you right. You right, girl. Okay. Do you want to close out this episode? Uh, do you want me to? Well, I just mean like us together. Oh. Like, do we want yeah, so to close this sucker? Definitely. Wrap it in a bow. Wrap it in a bow and send it through Amazon Prime, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have given you a laugh. It's just so, just so dumb. I know. You love my humor. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this has been fun. I'm glad that we went for the. I am too. A little bit of the spiritual on the end. Yeah, that's all real good. Is, yeah, free will just gets you jived. It gets me jived. Yeah. Yeah. It also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't mean you as in you. See, you know, I meant like that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean like I know. free will gets you jive, John, doesn't it? Talk about it. Just like I think that free will. I mean, it doesn't get everybody jived, but it gets one jive. Oh my gosh, you say gets... you say free will in like a stadium, and I'll pop my head up. <laughs> like what you say? I just want you to go on a speed date and be like, I like free will and conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay well maybe i'll call you but probably never okay bye right forever single yeah i shouldn't say that i should never wish that into being for you (laughs) (laughs) uh okay yeah that was that was good yeah
As always, very fun. Very fun. <laughs> okay, well, until next time. Yeah. Um, we'll do it again. Send us emails. Yes, please. Um, Thank you for emails, family. Yes, familia. Um, familia. And please go on to iTunes and uh, rate and comment. Oh, I always forget that. And share. I don't think we ever said share. <laughs> and share, please. An easy way to do that would be to follow us on Twitter, and then when we post the episode, right. you can just Re- retweet it. Retweet that. And you've already contributed to the cause. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like a rebellion. Yeah. Welcome to Hello and Adieu, the rebellion of... I don't even know what we would be. Uh, of the postgraduate. Uh, of the millennial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's close this sucker out so that you can go vomit now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I bid you adieu. I, oh. Yep, I was about to say that, but it's, it's a good job. It's like in the Ghostbusters trailer when they're both like, let's go. Yeah, that that is the best part of the trailer. Yeah. So, um, uh, I bid you adieu. And I, I bid all the listeners who got yes. to this point adieu. God bless. We'll see you. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Uh, I bid you adieu as well, John. I almost said not John. I don't know what I was going for there. I feel like I have to retry. <clears throat> I bid you adieu, John. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Mathis. Bye.